0: of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. One of the most embarrassing things that could ever happen to you in running a dental practice is the E word. Called embezzlement. Nobody likes to talk about it. It's not fun when it happens, and yet it's important to be educated about it. Today we have a great member from the act dental community, Dr. Stacy Hall, who shares her journey through this and what she learned and what she recommends going forward, so you don't experience it also. So please listen up. It's a great episode. I hope you enjoy it. And we'll see you soon. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You know the jam. I say that all the time, but you guys do know the jam if you're listening. Our job is to find the best thinkers, leaders, teachers, dentists anywhere in the country and learn from them and pass along that learning to you in this podcast so you can create a better practice and a better life. And no one likes to talk about the E word in dentistry. It's called embezzlement. It's painful emotionally financially, from a trust standpoint. There's a lot of things that happen when it happens to you, and you never think it's ever going to happen to you. And today, I have an amazing dentist that is a great member of the Act Dental community, Dr. Stacy Hall, and she's going to take us through her journey of embezzlement and what she learned the hard way and what she's doing different. Stacy, thanks for being on. Thank you for having
1: me. I totally appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and I've watched your journey for a long time through the Dawson Academy, through building an amazing practice, and uh, I don't know, let's just start here. I want people to know, you know, who you are. I, I have a lot of young listeners now in dental school. Let's start here with a, just a little bio on who you are, where you practice, and then let's go into your journey.
1: I'm Stacey Hall. I'm from Williamsburg, Virginia. I went to Virginia Tech, go Hokies. And I went to MCB or Virginia Commonwealth University for dental school. And I was in a group practice for nine years in the Williamsburg area. And then I started my practice in 2011 as a startup. And um, it has been an amazing journey. I have uh, three girls. One just started college down in Tampa, which is great because when I go down and teach at the Dawson Academy, I can go visit her as well. And then I have two high schoolers. And, um, so that's a little, little bit about me.
0: Yeah. And you and I were talking, we had a call and you were explaining, gosh, I've been doing this and, oh, I just had something happen. And you shared, I'm like, we got to do a podcast on this. And, you know, when we talked about this before we hit the go button, we're going to go through three points of this. So if you're listening, here's, we're going to start with the background, And then, you know, what happened after you found out and what you're doing now? So give us the background on it, Stacey, like before and what was going on?
1: To my knowledge, I have never had anybody embezzle from me. I have always done checks and balances, um, checks with, you know, what we were supposed to collect, what was being deposited uh, and that sort of thing. And so I had a patient that actually came to me and said that she thought somebody was stealing from me. And it was very cut and dry. It wasn't like she could think it, it was like from what she presented, we knew. And it was actually, I think more surprising because we, I and my whole team would have never thought this one person would have ever done it. And so ended up that the patient came to me and said that, She was told that if she wrote a check, that it would be stamped with the business name. And instead, she went back and checked her checks and it was written to this employee's name, I'll just call her Sarah. So it was written to Sarah and endorsed to Sarah and also deposited into Sarah's account. And so what I recognized is it was a large check. It was for um, an Invisalign case. And so what I did is I went back to those Invisalign cases, or not all of our Invisalign cases, and just said, you know, is, is she targeting those individuals? Like, what is she targeting? And so things started to kind of look a little funny in some accounts. And I thought, okay, well, let's, you know, look a little bit more and found that there were some adjustments but then there were some appointments that just, we knew the patient had come in and the ledger was cleared out. So um, I in fact took this to, I did sell my practice. I didn't include that. I did sell my practice right after COVID to Heartland. And to be honest with you, just in the growth in the last couple of years, that's been great and training for my staff, that's been wonderful. But I literally found out about this on June 30th I was leaving on july 5th for italy with my daughter who had just graduated from high school and i would have probably had to cancel my trip hadn't i not been able to hand this information over and just say i need you to do something with this i I don't know where to go i don't know who to call i know to maybe call james city county police i don't know so they just took over the information and started doing some more combing And then also what was really great is they could take me through just the legal way to put her on suspension and then the legal way to let go of her and the legal way to handle things so that there was nothing that could come back on me or the practice in any way so that we could just, this could be very clean and cut and dry. Um, That was the start of the process of us just finding out and getting enough information to at least put her on suspension.
0: Yeah. Go back to the moment where you were first introduced the idea. Can you speak to the emotion of it? Cause it's bigger than a lot of us could get our arms around, you know, it, it's, I hear things that are something like your first thought is no way, not her, not Sarah. Come on. Your yeah. second thought is, oh gosh, like this is, Ooh, do I even go there? Do I not go there? How do I go there? Can you just speak about that moment in time and what was going on?
1: And you're right, Kurt. cause that right first, you're like, there's no way, there's no way. And But then the information she was providing, again, it was just so, just right there. I mean, and I just asked her, cause she didn't have the check with her. I just asked her, I said, can you send me an email dial with a dialogue of what she said she was gonna do to the check and that sort of thing. And also send me a copy of the check. And she said, no problem. The thing is, is um, during that conversation, you still think, okay, how did this happen? And then, you know, has it happened before? But you're also like, well, certainly there has to be something in her life that made her do this for like just a moment there's just a moment that she's doing this this was something that you know just happened that maybe she owed some money i you know i don't know so i i I automatically go into this kind of compassionate like there had to have been something that happened that made her do this like this couldn't be a long-term thing because we certainly would have caught it so i think you know you kind of go in this wave of and then with After that, after the patient left and I start kind of digging, you know, then I'm starting to get angry. I'm angry at myself. And I'm angry at a person doing this. I'm angry at the fact that she's done this to a patient. And then the patient trusted us to hire somebody that wouldn't do this. And then that also the patient's trust that we're also doing checks and balances. You start to go into this whole spiral. I mean, there's even my front office ladies, as they start to learn what was going on, they start to feel angry. Like, how did that happen around them? <clears throat> or how did they never feel or get a sense that something like this was happening or that she would be able to do that? Um, so I have pretty good intuition and this one this one completely bamboozled me. I did not see this coming whatsoever, so I felt pretty lost.
0: Yeah, and I always want to point this out. this is a tough subject. And please, like our goal with this podcast is not to make you mistrust everyone and go in and dislike your team members and start, you know, micromanaging everything. The point in doing this is just to tell stories, real stories so that you never get to the other side. Trust is a huge component of your practice and you need it. But what happens is on the other side, when you, it happens to you, that trust goes away in volumes. Like you start not trusting yourself you start not trusting it and it's, it's hard. It's let's just, it's very hard. And then can you speak to the complexity of it? When this happens, it's not easy. You don't just open it up and do a simple audit trail. Like you have to dig. It's pretty complex, right, Stacy?
1: Well, it is because you think, okay, well, there must've been adjustments. So that's how we can come through and we can just tag all adjustments and say, okay, we would investigate all of those cases. Um, well, well, In fact, even after we suspended her, my staff thought she was suspended, not suspended, I'm sorry, they thought that she just wasn't coming to work the next day because there was a family emergency. We weren't really talking about what was going on yet. And so, in fact, we have somebody that leaves the office with a cell phone every weekend. And so that our patients, if they were to call for emergency, they actually get somebody on the phone. And she was supposed to have the phone that weekend. And so I, called my office manager, I said, why don't we just make sure that Brittany goes and grabs the phone? She said, that's fine. So Brittany goes to the office to grab the phone. Well, Sarah is at the office. She accessed the office. And so ends up that Brittany doesn't know Sarah is not supposed to be there. And we don't know what Sarah was doing on the computers that afternoon. And so, but we do know from that Monday after that um, she had contacted a patient told her that she was gonna be on work on Monday over the weekend. And so if she wanted to get um, the work done with the discount she had promised her, so then there was a whole other element. She was promising discounts to patients and saying, you need to check out with me if you want the discount. I'm the only one authorized to give you the discount. She said, if you want that discount, then why don't you bring the cash this weekend? She said, I'm sorry to do this. So she actually called the patient Collected $3,000 in cash. Wow. There's a whole other element. There's a cash element. So you're trying to figure out checks, and then now you have cash. And so then we were trying to figure out patients who usually pay with cash and what would happen with them. So then we find that out. So then there's the cash, and then there's the checks. And then, uh, to be honest with you, you know, we have credit cards that are saved, you can't see the credit card information if you were to look at the computer. But then I'm like, well, did she ever get a credit card and use the credit card for little purchases? I, I, I don't know that, that's, an, that's a whole other element that I don't know yet, um, unfortunately. And so the thing was is, you know, as you start to dig, I, we thought, okay, we started finding some adjustments and some things. And we started calling patients and questioning and asking them to check their checks. Mm. And so ends up that there were some patients that went and checked their checks. She was like essentially banking on the fact that patients would not go back and look at their check in the computer and say oh, yeah, that was actually, you know, endorsed and everything was right there, because um, I don't go and check my checks. I don't go and look if I write, it, if I do write a check, I don't go and write, make sure. Now, I always write the check in the payee section, I don't let people stamp it. I've never done that. So this was hers telling patients that she was going to have somebody stamp it. And she actually would write it to herself instead. So that was a huge target. And so we had this collection of information to then provide to our, um, you know, to the investigators. So then the police have taken this on, there's an investigation. Well, what we were patiently waiting for is this subpoena for our bank records. So here we have just enough information for them to do all that. And so that's what, you know, it starts to kind of start down that rabbit hole. And unfortunately, you know, in my office manager, I feel like it took her into a rabbit hole where I'm like, you have to stop at some point because you have a job to do. She was just panicked. She's like, how did this happen? I think she it just made her get so, um, you know, focused on it that I was like, you, you, you have to stop. Like, there's a point where we just have to let somebody else take over, you know, and then you do, you be able to do your job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I gosh, I have so many questions. You know, and again, the whole title of this podcast is best practices. Um, One thing that I know for sure is that you want to make everything standardized and up to snuff in your practice with best practices. Um, I don't know if you guys did this, but we did key fobs years ago. Where everybody has a key fob, and now there's electronic records of. I never look at it, but everyone knows there are records when you come into the building and when you leave, and if anyone's ever terminated, we never asked for their key fob; we just deactivate it, type of a thing. I think it's a really smart thing to do, and then have a checks and balances uh, for that. Also, too, um, we started doing this right after COVID: two-factor authentication for everything. So I get a text. When anybody's logging into anything that I hold, you know, pretty, like whether it be a bank account, a, even our fa- my Facebook login is a two-factor, which means I get a text saying someone's trying to get into something and I know it's offered. So um, what, what were some of the things you, you're you like, if you were to tell a dentist right now, hey, just across the board, here are some best practices. Here's, well, should we finish the story first and then go into best practices?
1: That might I don't, be a good All right, let's do that. Let's do that.
0: I want. I'm sorry. I I I I love education, so I I want to go any direction. So let's finish the story. What you learn later.
1: Let's not forget that thought because I agree with you, and especially on the access. There's believe me. There's like a a list of things that you know. So um, so you know, we get this subpoena. That's the thing is, is then we're you know constantly just kind of waiting and trying to figure out um, what we're doing here. I even called the um, Commonwealth attorney, who's a friend, and I said, you know, what? we're waiting for the subpoenas. Is there any way to Russia is there, any, and he said, you know, the investigator you're using. He said that's we actually use her as the model for everything we do. She's she's usually the example for when we're training other people or other localities of what we do here. Anyway, so we, we had somebody really great kind of investigating for us, but it was like the you know the patience of factor of having to wait um, because also she's out there. You know, during this time, she's out there. We don't know. I mean, she's probably got another job. She's, you know, doing other things. And so my thing is, is wanting to protect others. I mean, I'd kind of gotten in my ear. Maybe she was working somewhere. So I called them and I said, I just want to make sure. that the issue wasn't working there. But I'm like, I just, I want to protect other people. Well, so ends up that we get the subpoena and they get her bank records. So let's say that we had taken to the investigator about nine to $10,000 worth of what we knew. That was just checks. This was not including the cash that we had figured out. Um, And so ends up that the investigator comes back to us with all the names on checks that were deposited with the amounts. And there was another $15,000 that we had no idea about. So those were another whole group of patients that we needed to call. And they were patients that, you know, it lined up. So now, and that was what they did is they did from January forward, thinking that maybe we thought this started happening at the end of the winter, beginning of spring, well, ends up that. No, in fact, it was all the way back to January. So what they're doing now is we're waiting for the subpoena to just get records from the day that she started working here, which was right after COVID actually. And she worked for a dental practice before me. And um, so we don't know, you know. Um, So the thing is, is that again, it's waiting. Now she was charged. She was taken in, uh, let out with no bond, which there's a whole explanation for that. Um, and so it's a felony. I've been told by the um, Commonwealth's attorney that the chances of her getting that decrease is probably very little. And now it's just more of a, um, you know, leading up to a possibility of either court or even no court. Sometimes I guess some of these things when it's so cut and dry possibly they could not have to go to court because it all gets settled um i'm still learning about all those things you know we have a, an advocate and so that's you know at first i was like i don't need an advocate i'm just gonna you know like i'm just gonna call the investigator well they're not always available. And so the advocate kind of holds your hand. And so, you know, I thought, oh, we, we can, we, we can get through this. <laughs> now, it, it, having that advocate's been good to be able to call on um, and being friendly with the Commonwealth attorney been good too. But so, um, and, you know, and I will say when they arrested her, I, I you know, it, it raised my um, worry a little bit. I did actually even call the That's when I called the Commonwealth attorney, I said I wouldn't mind having, you know, just police presence. I'm like, I didn't know she was gonna do this. So I have no idea what she I don't know what she's capable of and I just wanna make sure I've done everything for my staff. And and he agreed, he didn't, we we didn't have somebody in the office, but just kind of driving by a little bit more and more present that next week. So, um, but everything's been fine. So, you know, still kind of waiting. And, you know, I, you know, once it gets to a certain amount, there's possibility of even an insurance, um, you know, filing an insurance claim. And so, because this takes, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm mad. I go through lots of emotions. You know, this steals from my paycheck, but you know what? we we make good money we're dentists too so but it steals from the bonuses for my staff you know they they get bonused and so it's stole from the collections because it was they was this was money not collected so if we're up to you know up to thirty thousand dollars that's money that was stolen from my staff
0: yeah absolutely and go back to you know it's it's amazing Um, And frightening how many people are repeat offenders. So we've had David Harris on many times and he's like, you'd be shocked by how many people do this multiple times. And he he pointed to one of the sources of why that happens. And maybe you can speak to this is that there's a little bit of shame and embarrassment when you're embezzled as a dentist. You're angry, obviously, but then you're like, "Okay, this is bad and I'm in a small town. I just need this situation to go away And so you try to deal with it privately and maybe not press charges, which only allows the person to be able to go somewhere else. And then David introduced this. He's like, it's kind of silly, though, in dentistry. We don't do background checks on somebody who holds the financial well-being of your practice. They also have the ability to write prescriptions. It's probably worth it to pay. I don't know. We do it here, but it's like $75 to do a background check to find if they have a criminal record. And I'm shocked by how many people actually have a criminal record. You're like, whoa! Um, can or you speak a to the you know, or like a credit, credit, credit record? record.
1: Yeah. Yes. You know, right? So, so sh- it's interesting that you say that because I actually um, had the gift of um, uh, somebody being able to do background checks for people starting to work at my practice when I was private. Now you have Heartland; they do all that. They and that's the, the the gift. Now the thing is, is if she did this for someone else and got away with it, who was um, very kind of old-fashioned dentistry, then th- this this would have never come up, you know. So now, when you talk about pressing charges, when somebody, was, you know, that it came up that possibility, you know, of her having the felony removed, I'm not like I'm I'm all for like people getting back on their feet, and you know, I I I agree, people can change, but when when that even came up that her charges could be possibly not dropped, but like lessened, I about lost it. Cause I'm like, this is, this is a lot of money. This was very methodical. Um, this is actually even the fact that, you know, when I first was going to suspend her and I looked at her and I asked her, is there any reason why you think this would be happening? Why a suspension would be happening? We, you know, there's maybe some adjustments that look funny and she looked me dead in the eye. And I think nonverbal language is very um, loud. There was not one thing in her nonverbal language that made me think that she was telling me like not the truth. And so now I knew she was not telling me the truth, but what, freaked me out even more was that she was so stoic about it and looked me in the eye and was so serious about like, I have no idea why this would be happening. That actually scares me even more. So I know this is probably not the first time, um, you know, so that so when they they were talking about her charges, you know, kind of being dumbed down, if you you like if there there could be a word for dumbed down, I'm like, no. I'm, right. so I'm like, sorry, right, hell no! Like, this is not—that's not okay with me. I, I feel like just for the, for me, my staff, like for all of us to kind of be like, you know, I mean, we have just these strong Christian women in this practice. Like that one of the ladies that helped me start the practice, who, I mean, again, she's been cycling through this anger stuff too, and and she's like just in this rage of like she just needs to, you know, I, and even patients that have been dealing with it, like that were victims of it. They're like, she needs to be charged she she needs to actually go through and 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 hit rock bottom through this to to make you know make some changes so um yeah so that is um to be honest with you I feel like I went for a while and I don't I I hope I answered your question
0: oh you did you did I'll keep you on the rails here because I've got so many other questions and so um you know, anything I wanna I wanna talk about what you if there's anything else you found after, and then I also wanna talk about what you're doing now, what you've learned at this point in your career and the changes you've made and how we can pass along some of that learning so other dentists are less likely. We can't always prevent it. It's pretty it's pretty rampant in dentistry. Um but what, what lessons doing? have you learned or what adjustments oh, have you made?
1: What about so what else did I learn? I, you know, where everyone is a victim, um, whether you're in a single practice, solo practice, or whether you're it with Heartland DSO. So believe me, we're um, talking about this on a regular basis with my regional manager, district manager, you name it, of how to prevent this even in the, in the big, you know, because you would think that, with them, with all their checks and balances, you know. When you talk about, you know, being able to um, know who's on the computer all times, like literally, like they tell us, like d- whatever you're going to do on the computer is free range. Like whoever's up in like headquarters is seeing exactly what you're doing. So it's interesting to me. But there's like you know, again, it's a bigger picture. So um, you know that the the fact that learning that this could happen to anyone, um, also learning that you know, as much as I have been able to step back from some of the office things. And, you know, when I had the practice on my own and I was doing all my own checks and balances, like ledger, deposit, you name it, um, even in, and, and I've been able to just focus on the dentistry, which has been fantastic. Like it's been so freeing, but even in that, it made me learn that I've just gotta, I gotta stick with the business side you know, there's a percentage that I still need to do that. So that um, my, between myself, my office manager, and also us being able to ask questions, I can, you know, when I had my practice just on my own, being able to, when I was looking at things, I would always go to someone in the front office or my office manager and question things, not because I necessarily had a question, but because I just wanted them to know I'm looking, I'm looking at everything. Well, so with Heartland, and, and I don't think it's, you know, I, I, th- I think that they've done a fantastic job on multiple levels, but at the same time with Heartland, I just kind of handed that over to them and thought, okay, they're, they're doing the checks and balances. Well, you know, I, I still need to do the daily, weekly, monthly checks and balances. So, um you know, and, and be able to ask questions and just kind of be a little bit more involved. As much as I've never been a gross micromanager, um, again, asking the questions is I feel like what always kind of helps. You know, keep people um, in line. And this, I think that it just gave me this moment of okay, I need to still be involved in that, so no one can feel that they could actually to be be able to get away with that. So what we're doing now, you know, or actually what I would do different, um, I would have, you know, at some point made it so that each person walking in the building, yes, you have a key fob, but, you know, in our building, we do have an alarm. I just would have made sure each person had their own code. So I knew who was in, who was out. I agree with that. Um, I Again, we're, we're not huge, even though I'm with Heartland, I still have a small practice and so it's i didn't feel the need to do this major um shift of you know making it feel like this big you know um big entity and so that to me was feeling like i would need to do that well that's changed well so then the other thing is is you know again i agree with you on the computers like everybody having a login and even you know, when you're logging into Dentrix, you're on the you know on your Dentrix site. You're logging in with your code. The problem is with that there's still an issue with that because you know sometimes I'm typing my notes on a computer in the back office, and sometimes I'm typing the notes in my com- on my computer in my office. And maybe you get more strict with that. I don't know. So you know, you have a login. And we know, we do know that Sarah's computer, like they were, you know, she sat at her computer most of the time. So like, and nobody else was really logged in there. So, but the thing is, is when you do kind of those checks and balances, that's where it can kind of get a little, you know, a little fuzzy or a little gray. Um, And the other thing that I, you know, looking back, I would have done differently is, um, you know, is just, you know, we had some new staff at the time. And I think what she did is she took advantage of the fact that they didn't know all the rules and the, you know, it's so she, what she would do is if I wasn't around or, if, you know, that's when she would kind of on the, kind of on the slide say to a patient, you know, I can give you a discount for cash if you want to bring that in. So she was giving paid. We don't do discounts for cash. I know a lot of people do. It's like that the thing we just don't. And so ends up that um, she was kind of doing that on the side, but then these new girls, they didn't, they were, they, they were, she was training them. So they thought, she's the one, you know, and if you, if you want to know, um, anything about your account, this is the girl you go to. So she was like the lead, the leader up front. So in their mind, they were, she was doing everything that she was supposed to do. So, um, and what we've done differently. One big thing is, is, you know, what we found is that yes, there were some adjustments. So yes, those are things that are red flags for all offices. So if you're looking at your adjustments, that's great. The thing is, is it wasn't all adjustments, but if there are adjustments, those have to be signed off by me on like a, you know, There's we have made this kind of slip of paper. I know people are trying to go paperless, there's still reason for paper. Um, And I'm sure you could find something to do it on an iPad or phones, however you want to do it digitally, but anything, has to be signed off. And so the other thing is, is because it was adjustments, but it wasn't all adjustments. It was also if somebody was changing a fee on a code. So let's say that I bring somebody in, there's a lot of people that come in for a limited exam and I'm like, you know, they're patient of record, they just wanted me to look at something. I'm like, take that $99 off, just make it zero. So. If we do any of that, any like taking that code and taking it from $99 to zero, or, you know, if I am doing an MOD on a patient and I'm being an MODL, then I just, I say, you know change it in the computer, but still keep it at the charge that the patient was being charged, that they thought that they were paying today on fee for service. So that was like, that to me is important. I don't want them not to pay more and feel like they've been you know bamboozled. So those instances, again, they can't change the code unless they have this sign off. Like there's kind of, the, again, between myself, going to the front and my office manager, seeing that I've signed off on it. That's where we see it, you know, where things are allowed, so to speak. And so, again, it's checks and balances. Now, this is where, you know, Kirk and I were talking prior, uh, you know, what's the answer to the fact that what she was doing is, um, you know, everything was right in the ledger. You check the ledger, you check the ledger. And then, you know, maybe two weeks later before the month end, she would just swipe the ledger of the patients um, as if they had never come in. And so that check was still sitting there waiting for her, so she didn't actually put it in the computer, she, you know, was just kind of in this cloud, and so she would just take that ledger and just swipe it as, you know, all the codes as if the patient never came in, and then she would just take the check and deposit it. So they were, their their count was zero, their balance was zero. And so that is one of those that, like, you know, when are you really looking at the ledger to make sure everything adds up two weeks from now or three weeks from now? I you know I don't know what the answer is to that. Right. Um, I will say I, I I'm putting a little bit of um, you know of pressure on you know, software companies like Dentrix, just like you were just saying that you get an email or a text or something whenever there's a red flag or somebody's entering your office. Why am I not getting a text or I don't want a text for everything, but why aren't we getting a diet? You know just just a diagram of all changes that were being made. And somebody saying, you know what, Dentrix to be able to throw out this, you know, there's a red flag here. Your person, Sarah, on her account, she's made 15 changes in one person's account today. Like why, why aren't they, I mean, we have these software companies that supposedly like everything, you know, is pretty, I think that they could change these things. I don't know if it's maybe a a risk management on their sense, like in the sense of like if they're trying to say that they could, you know, prevent embezzlement and then they don't. And I don't know if it's a risk for them. I have no idea. But I'm going to put a little pressure on these software companies. And to be honest with you, the one that can come up with something that would be like, there's red flags here to try to prevent it. I think that we should all be applauding them and possibly, you know, buying into their, you know, their service, because I think it'd be a great idea.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, this is such a complex issue. Again, the whole idea is, you know, as we learn together as a community, best practices, just constantly employ best practices in your practice this is not about a micromanaging thing Um, the world is more complex and stacy your fee for service but it gets even more complex if you have insurance in there you also put yourself at risk when insurance weirdness happens and um that's a whole another episode and so back to the original point I think we always talk about systems, like having a system and a checklist for everything. And now you do need a system and checklist for how cash is handled, how it's managed, how it's adjusted in your practice. And if you can share that with your team, like we're always building best practices here, we're going to up our game. And I think the other thing too, we talk about this line of, of path on the on the on the podcast is trust. You know, trust requires verification. I raise teenage daughters. You do too. I trust you 100%. I'm still going to audit what time you got home. I have ring cameras all on my house. They're not for burglars. They're for teenagers. You know what I mean? So like, uh, I think sure. it's okay. It's like okay.
1: A protected community. And I have like, I know if somebody's walking in my house or out of my house or that sort of thing, I agree with
0: you. For <laughs> sure. And it's not about me micromanaging or maybe it is, but like, it's just like, Hey, it's all right there. Just mm-hmm. trust you guys, but, you know, you got to be home at this time. No backpacks going downstairs that are unaudited. You know, all those yeah. types of things. I'm getting all off right. the rails here. But but the point is, is when you're building a practice, um, just to put some type of checks and balance. And I don't think you can do enough education on this. And so, Stacey, I'm just grateful that you were willing to come on today and just at least talk no, about you. this. Now, I do have it's one like last
1: question. Cool. Like yeah, really it's good
0: therapy. Well, and that's my question, is that between... Oh stimulus and the response give us an idea of the recovery period because you're kind of you were cruising along having a great time i got a great team trust is high how long ago did it happen like how how long between when this happened
1: well found out june 30th
0: okay so that's right june 30th and so yeah
1: so that's what took so long like so it wasn't until september that they'd got the subpoena and enough to like Get the information to then press charges to then arrest her. So that's a, a waiting time where you're like, you know, and, and girls in my office are seeing her around and they're like, ah, like it's just yeah. weird." You know, it's just it's just weird. And so, and uh, let me add too, she had told her grandmother that it was only about thir- that she was gotten getting fired for thirty six hundred dollars. Her poor grandmother calls to say that she has thirty six hundred dollars that she wants to pay so that she can get her job back and or you know or get you know not be charged and. Um, ended up that, you know, they ended up having to hire a lawyer because we said this is under investigation. We can't really talk about it. She's like, oh, it's under investigation. So then the lawyer calls. So it's just, it's interesting because she even had this whole lie she had told her family. Um, right. But so when it, when it comes to the timing, so it was just that much time. And to be honest with you, I I am, um, you know, yes, I got, I've gone through anger and that sort of thing. And like, I'm a problem solution. Like now we're you know, figuring out solutions. I got my team here who is been amazing through it. We still have an empty spot in the sense of like, that's, that's being filled actually the 1st of October I, 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 oh, next week. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, when is this happening? So um, but so we have somebody that's filled this spot and who is or we are really excited about and just the whole season coming up. So, you know, God is amazing on how he kind of will set things up and then like make the staff get closer because you know, this has obviously brought us all closer, like how can this happen to us? And um, so. You know the next season I look forward to. I just think like you know it's um, I I just have to I, I I'm the type that in a weird way and some people might not think this is great I have to let things go like because I I have, I have three girls to take care of I have a practice to take care of like let the investigators do their thing let their you know and we've got to just move on let's move right. forward and move on let's yeah
0: well again I'm so grateful you'd come on and just share the story so that people can learn from your story any last thoughts you have Stacy before we say goodbye to everybody else?
1: So again, I say the take home is is just build a system like that, you know, for that checks and balances. I think that the one thing that kind of gives me a little bit of security now is just that, you know, People having to sign off on you know all these things because I have so much going on. and somebody said, "Did you, did you authorize that adjustment back in May for this?" I have no idea. I don't remember the conversation I had with a patient yesterday. If somebody didn't actually type it in the computer, so you know that gives me I think a little reassurance that you know if there's any changes, if it wasn't you know if it's not in the documents that I've signed off on it. Then, you know, it just it helps me. It gives me a little reassurance. It's again, that whole checks and balances. So if there's anything that I could, you know, say that take home, just put together maybe one other thing in your system that helps you kind of with a little reassurance that this isn't happening to you.
0: Amen. Amen. I would completely agree. So thank you so much for being thank on, Stacey. Too. I appreciate thank you. Me. Yeah. Well, stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. And again, the goal here is just to educate you on real stories from real people so that you can learn from them and create a better practice and a better life. And so um, we take a lot of show notes. So everything that Stacy and I discussed, if you want to go back and review, you can flip up to the show notes wherever you consume the podcast. And uh, it'll all be right there. Um, so hope you guys enjoyed today. If you enjoyed today, please share it with your friends. Keep sending a suggestion for things you guys want to see. And until we see you guys next time, or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practice show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm gonna spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.